All right, I got a question for the rest of you. As, you, um, as the kids go and learn about Jesus together, that's what we're going to be doing in here. And I want to get us thinking about something. How has your week been? How has your month been, perhaps? Do a little reflecting for a moment. Think about what's been going on this past week. Any ups and downs? Anybody relate to possibly ups and downs? Think back a little bit on, your, on the month, perhaps your last month or so. Um, how's your last month going? Anybody relate to ups and downs there? I want you to think about this as you reflect on your last week or your last month or so. Um, where have you found joy? In the midst of your circumstances, No matter what's been going on, great things, fun things, summer things, or perhaps some of you difficult things, uh, where have you found joy? And um, and what has what are what are some things that have brought you joy? I want you to actually uh, I don't do this to you very often, so if you're new, humor me, okay? Turn turn to someone near you if you came with someone, or if you're bold, turn to someone you don't know in front of you behind you. What's something you have found joy in recently? Go ahead and tell someone near you about that. Where have you found joy? What has brought you joy? All right. That's enough joy. <laughs> All right, let's uh That's enough joy. No, good job. Hey, look, I I really appreciate that. You took you took me up on it and there was actually conversation going on and if I would have let that go, it would have it would have kept going. So you'll, you'll see where we're going with that in a bit. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. I want us to keep in mind kind of what, what God has used to bring us joy and, and what, what we've noticed in our lives. We'll come back to that in a little bit. But uh, as you may know, we are wrapping up a series this morning that we called How Long? As we've been studying through uh, the, the book in the Old Testament called Habakkuk by the prophet Habakkuk. And that's the series title, How Long? Hopefully it's not the question you're asking me this morning. How long is this sermon series going to continue? It's done. This is it. Seven weeks. We're finishing Habakkuk right now. And so we'll see. And God has uh, new things as we study his word in coming weeks. But we're wrapping up the series. And so um, I'll have you turn there in a moment, or perhaps you already turned there, and that's fine. But as we open, um, I'd encourage you just to listen if you'd like. Let me read the few verses that we're going to cover today. And, and then we'll, we'll open our Bibles and we'll, we'll dig in in a bit more detail. But for, let me just read through the three verses that we're going to cover today. Habakkuk chapter 3, 17, 18, and 19. And for now, perhaps you'd just like to listen. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Now, I wanna, let's, let's, let's think about this for a minute. If you've been with us as we studied Habakkuk, does that sound like the Habakkuk we met earlier in this book? I, I think this is really interesting and very striking. If you've been with us for this series, and, and the way we get the most out of God's Word, I hope, you'll, I hope you'll join us each week as we study God's Word. 
uh, passage by passage. That's the way we get the most out of it. But if you've been here with us, great. If you haven't been here with us, it's okay because you're going to get a summary today in some ways of the whole book of Habakkuk. But if you've been with us, you might be thinking, who is that guy that just said that stuff? Who, who is that? Hab Habakkuk said that? Because compared to the beginning of the book, Habakkuk is a changed person. So if you haven't already done so, open your Bible to Habakkuk chapter 1. And we're going to end up looking at the last few verses in chapter 3, but let's just start at the beginning. On the screen, you'll see the books of the Bible that are before Habakkuk, the books of the Bible that are after Habakkuk. Don't be ashamed to use your table of contents. Habakkuk can be hard to find, but we want you to open your Bibles and follow along with me. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 1 here, we'll, we'll hit some of the highlights as we recap a bit, and then we'll end up at the end of the book. Father God, as always, we come to you, looking to you, open-handed, hopefully open-minded. God, give us hearts and ears to hear what you have for us this morning through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So compared to the beginning, Habakkuk has been transformed. This, this, this seems like a completely different person writing this, at what we just heard at the end. He began, in some ways, he began the book, he began uh, what we studied by, by telling God how to run things. By thinking that he knew better what God ought to be doing. And so we see in chapter 1, verse 2, Habakkuk's first complaint, his first lament is, how long, Lord? Aren't you going to do something? What's going on around me? Your people are disobedient. The culture is evil. There's, there's all kinds of chaos and strife going around, violence and injustice. Habakkuk's first lament is, how long? I'm crying out for help, and it doesn't seem like you're answering. It doesn't seem like you are listening. And we've asked ourselves over and over in recent weeks, do we relate to this? Are there how long questions in our own lives? Are there situations in our own lives where we ask, why? Why is this going on? What is, what is it, Lord? Aren't you going to do something about this? And then you see in verses 5 and 6 that God has an answer, and it's surprising. It's not what Habakkuk said, thought. God's answer really in many ways is, oh, I'm going to do something, all right. And it's not what you had in mind. In fact, things are going to go from bad to worse. I am going to raise up the Babylonians or the Chaldeans. I am going to raise up this wicked nation and use them as my instrument in your correction, in your discipline, in the discipline of my people. So Habakkuk cries out, how long? God, what are you doing? God's answer is, I'm working. I'm doing something all right. It's not what you expected. And it's not really going the way you hoped. And then we look at verses 12 and 13, Habakkuk's second complaint. He kind of indicates that he has trust in the Lord. I, I know you're good. I know some stuff about you. I think I trust you, but... In verses 12 and 13, what we see from Habakkuk is, but I'm not so sure about your plan, God. Say what? That's what you're going to do? That's the way you're going to answer my, my, my prayer? It doesn't make any sense. I don't like the sound of this. Is that, do we relate to that response? To God's working in our world and in our life? I don't get it. 
Why is this going on? It doesn't seem to make any sense. So we talked about the fact that perhaps Habakkuk began, you know, this book, his, his conversation with God. Perhaps he began with this posture of, what are you going to do about it? God, I'm complaining, and now you need to answer. There's a li- it seems like there's a little bit of that. But there's also throughout, we studied, as we studied, we saw throughout that he seems to trust God. He seems to know things about God that should shape his, his thinking and should help him understand what God's up to. And then in chapter 2, we see God's next response. And in, in chapter 2, verse 20, in some ways, his, God's response is, Shh, heavy. I've got it all under control. We see in verse tw- chapter 2, verse 20, that silence before God is appropriate, that God is on his throne, that everything that happens passes across God's desk, that nothing happens by accident. Everything that happens is either ordained by God or allowed by God. So nothing is accidental. Nothing is outside of his hands. He says, Habakkuk, shh, I got it under control. I hear you. You can come before the throne. You can be honest with me. I hear your complaints, but you need to know, chapter 2, verse 4, that judgment is coming, and the righteous shall live by faith. Judgment is coming. Disobedience, there will be consequences for disobedience. The wicked will get what's coming to them. Shh. I've got it under control. The righteous, God's people, those that are made right with God, live by faith. Because the gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners like you and me through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The gospel is the good news that we receive by faith, not by our work. We don't receive our salvation by trying hard or matching up or earning or trying to, trying to somehow earn enough points with, with God. The righteous will live by faith. We receive God's gift of salvation by entrusting ourselves to Jesus, by putting our faith in him, by realizing that God, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what my how long questions may be, no matter why, no matter how many things I wonder why about, the righteous shall live by faith. Trusting God no matter the circumstances. And so then last Sunday, it sure seems like Habakkuk's whole approach changed. There was this honest conversation with God, even a blunt conversation, even some complaining and and hearing from God. We can come before the throne and God hears. But now, last week's passage, chapter 3, Habakkuk's whole approach changed. He went to God in prayer. And it sure seemed like as he prayed last week that he was remembering who God is, what he's like, and the fact that he's always working. He was crying out, how long? Where are you, God? It doesn't seem like you're answering. Are you sure this is what you mean to do? And now Habakkuk's prayer is saying, I remember now. You're always at work. You're always at work for our good and your glory. And so that enabled Habakkuk then to pray, keep it up, Lord. Keep up the good work. Hey, 
I see you. I know you to be good. I know you to be a rescuer. I know you to be on top of it and listening and, and, and redeeming a people for yourself. So keep up the good work. God, you are always at work for our good and your glory. We've seen you work in the past. We know you to be faithful. So he, so he seems to be praying, repeat that. Do that again. Let us see that some more. Because we're in a world of hurt here. Habakkuk's crying. We're in a world of hurt. How long? Violence. Why? Injustice. Why? How long do I endure? I remember now. You're good. And you're always working. God, do it again. Do new things in us. Because we know, because you know, hopefully as a follower of Jesus, because you have experienced God in your life, because we have seen God work in the past, we need to know that he will do it again. Because we have seen his faithfulness in the past, we can know that God will be faithful moving forward. Yes? Habakkuk has been changed. He's praying. We find him in the midst of this prayer where he's been changed. He was grumpy and questioning and complaining and informing God how God ought to run the world. And now, in prayer, Habakkuk has been changed. His, his attitude toward God is is new. Let's see. Let's look at the, our verses. Our, our verses for today again, and see where Habakkuk is finding joy. Look. Look and listen for where Habi is finding joy. Chapter three, verse seventeen, and following. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail. And the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. By the end of the book, we've been in Habakkuk seven weeks. We've seen him be a changed person. We've seen him start grumpy and questioning and telling God what to do. And by the end of the book, he has learned to wait. 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 And trust in God who works all things for his glory. Habakkuk has been changed after questioning God's justice, after thinking these evil people were going to get away with it, after thinking this wicked nation was going to be more powerful than God's own people, after questioning and wondering and being concerned, Habakkuk realizes that God is sovereign over all things, including all the nations and movements of all people, and that God's justice is far beyond anything we can comprehend. He may have seen injustice around him. He may have wondered if anything was going to be done. And now Habakkuk is showing that he trusts God as sovereign over all and as, as very just in the end. So, we can just hear what the Bible says and we can just think about 
a prophet from long ago saying these words. We can just think of it as an Old Testament book that has nothing to do with our lives today in 2019. Or we can know that God's word is living and active and absolutely applicable and relevant to you and I, men, women, old and young, in 2019 and moving forward. Yes? And we can look at it in such a way that we expect to hear from God in our life today. So I want us to relate to these verses with our remaining time. I want us to immerse ourselves in God's word. I don't want us to just read, but I want us to see and ask God to help us understand, help us relate, and ask, us, ask God to help us know what we can learn from him this morning. So look again with me at verse 17, chapter 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines... The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Now, the the farmers among us relate much more easily, perhaps. The non-farmers among us may not. So let's relate. Let's immerse ourselves in God's word. Let's figure this out a bit. And even if it seems obvious, humor me and participate a little bit here. What do these things have in common? What, what do these things lead to? If there's no fruit on the trees, no, nothing on the vines, if the crops fail, if there's no sheep, if there's no cattle, what's the problem there? Starvation. Starvation. There's no food. Is this a problem? In ancient days, it was a problem. And today, it would be a problem. Bring about suffering and loss. And this would be a concern, Yes. So Habakkuk is voicing these concerns. If this were to happen, and if this were to happen, and even if there was no this, and even if there was no cattle, and even if there was no sheep, and even if there was no food, even, we don't always relate because we go to the grocery store. But in Habakkuk's day, these these would have meant a huge loss, questioning and concern over survival. And even in that suffering, and even in that potential loss, Abby goes on to say, I will trust God. I will rejoice in him. So, staying in verse 17, whether we relate to them very well or not, whether we're farmers or not, I want you to figure out how how would you write those verses today? How would you write a version of verse 17? If you were going to write your own 2019, your life today in Dallas, Oregon, version of verse 17... What would you write? What words, what phrases, what situations would you use to describe potential losses that could come? Even if these things were to happen, even if this suffering were to happen, even if I were to experience these losses, even if I were to lose my livelihood, my ability to provide for my family, the refrigerator was empty, even if, what would, those, what would, your, verses of, what would your version of verse 17 sound like? This morning. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to talk to somebody near you again and and discuss this a little bit and share this a little bit. And and we're going to be filling in this blank. Even if this happened, and and maybe it's something that you're speculating, maybe if it's a potential loss, maybe it's something that you worry could happen, or maybe it's something that you're facing right now. Perhaps it is a situation, a circumstance, or, or a loss that is causing pain now.
What is something that you would fill in this blank with? What's something that could go wrong, that, that would be rough, that would cause suffering, that would bring loss? Take a moment. Be bold. Be open. Share with a couple people around you how you might fill in that, that blank. What would your concerns be? What are potential things that could go wrong? What are potential things that would bring suffering and difficulty? Go ahead. Do you have a chance to do that? If that makes you a little uncomfortable, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> if you're new to Faith Church, please come back. I, I don't do that. I don't torture people very often. But... But if that makes you a little uncomfortable, sorry, not sorry. I, 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 wanna, I, want, I wanna make it our own. I don't wanna zip through verse 17 because I don't know about you, but the fig tree not blossoming has nothing to do with my daily life. That is not something I fear. But if you took the moment just now and, and thought about it a bit and perhaps shared with someone near you of how you would fill in that blank, then hopefully verse 17 will be more personalized and we could say, even though, even though, even if what you just shared, that would bring difficulty, it would bring suffering, those things you just thought of would bring loss, But can we say, even if, even though, I will rejoice in the Lord. At the start um, this morning, I ask, where did you find your joy this past week or this past month? What did you find joy in? What are some th I ask you, what are some things that brought you joy? For me, it's been a wild week or two. Um, well, life has a way of bringing ups and downs, doesn't it? For me, it's been a wild week or two, some very difficult circumstances, but also some really enjoyable times and, and some really exciting uh, ministry developments, things happening in our church family, things that I look forward to sharing with you, things that I look forward to continuing to celebrate together with church family about what God is doing in our midst. And so there's both sometimes in life, aren't there? So I think, it, I think that life has a way of these ups and downs. I think life has a way of having a roller coaster feel sometimes. And yet, as I thought about this passage and about what God is doing in my own life, and the best thing about teaching the Bible is that God works with me before I get to bring God's word to you. And as I thought about that, and life does have a way of having ups and downs like a roller coaster, but I, I became convicted uh, about my emotions being on a similar roller coaster. And I'm not, I'm not saying that emotions are bad. And I'm not saying there's, not, there's, lots of, there, there's lots of complicated factors that go into our emotions. I'm not saying that emotions are bad. I'm not saying that we don't have ups and downs. It's not, that, that's, that's a real part of human life. But I became a little convicted as I reflected on this scripture 
that, that my emotions are, are up and down too tied to my circumstances. Too much tied to my circumstances. Are you with me on that a little bit? I don't know if I'm speaking very clearly. Um, I can think of a great day this past week. I can think of one of my most enjoyable days this past week. And, uh, and you know, if I was answering the question you, I asked you earlier, where did you find joy this week? I probably would have thought of that day. Well, you know what was true about that day? Everything went the way I wanted. So my joy was tied to my circumstances. And I had some difficult days as well. And those were the days I was down and bumming and feeling sorry for myself. Perhaps too much tied to my circumstances. How about you? Emotions are okay. Life is a roller coaster. But where do we find our joy? If we put that blank, that, that uh, slide up again, fellas, with the blank, think again of what you filled in this blank with, even if, what came to your mind? What did you share with someone near you? Even though these things happen, even if this were to happen, even though, God, I'm going through this, even though I'm asking you how long, even though, God, I'm not sure why this is happening, Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the circumstances of how, that are happening around me. Anybody paying attention? <laughs> Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. The one who is, the one who was, is, and is to come. The beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus was, is, and always will be. I rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation, not in whether my circumstances are going according to my plan. Habakkuk's prayer helped him realize that his joy need not be tied to circumstances. True joy, true joy, Ability to rejoice, ability to celebrate, ability to be thankful, ability to find true joy is found where? In the Lord, in our great God, in the one thing who is steady, in the one who is faithful, in the one who can be counted on, in the one who is our rock. That's where we find joy. So then what do we want to learn from this phrase in Habakkuk. When, when he writes, I will take joy in the God of my salvation, what do we want to learn from that posture? Is that a posture we can take in our lives? That we will take joy in God? I hope so. I hope for me, I hope for you, I pray for me, I pray for you, that, that no matter the circumstances going on around us, no matter the ups and downs, the roller coaster of life, no matter the how long questions you still may have, no matter the why questions about God doing what he does and not doing what he doesn't, and I don't know if he's listening and does he answer my prayer and is he going to do what I think he should do, no matter the circumstances, do we know that the righteous will live by faith? 
that God is at work for our good and his glory, and our salvation comes by putting our trust in Jesus. Verse 19 says, God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. This is a picture. This is a picture of sure-footed confidence, even if living on the edge of extreme circumstances, even if living on the edge, even if living in perilous situations, even if having to navigate the difficulties of life, that God gives us this sure-footed confidence that comes from, from finding our joy in him and him alone. Father God, we, we need you. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to study Habakkuk. We thank you for the reminders we've had today and in recent weeks that we can come to you with our how longs, that, that we can come to you with our why questions. God, we thank you that you are a God who, who is not distant, um, who is not far. We, we pray that you, we thank you that you are not a God who is uncaring and, and, and just stays aloof to us, but God, we praise you and we rejoice in thankfulness that you are a God who comes to us, who sees us and hears us and listens to us. So God, in the midst of the chaos around us, in the midst of the ups and downs, in, in the midst of our emotions and our pain and our suffering and our loss, Father, would you help us to come to a point of knowing that you have it all under control? We hear you saying, shh. Teach us to be quiet before you. Trusting that you are at work. And we thank you, Father, for your son. We thank you that you are a God who comes near to us in Jesus. Who has sent, we thank you that you have sent your son. And we even rejoice because of the cross. Even as we reflect on the cross, where, where Jesus died, we rejoice because we thank you that you come near to us through Jesus. We thank you that Jesus willingly died so that we might live. We thank you, God, that at the cross is where sinful Humans like me were reconciled and made right and put in relationship with holy and perfect you. Thank you for the cross where our sins are forgiven, where we are made right and given new life. Father, for that we, we celebrate the good news of the gospel. For that we rejoice and ask that you would teach us to live by faith, receive salvation by faith, become followers of Jesus by faith, by knowing that we can't do it on our own, that we need you. And then, God, teach us to continue living by faith, surrendering ourselves to you, entrusting ourselves to you, giving, giving every area of our life to your guidance and, 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 and correction. Father, give us faith so that, even, that we can say, even though, even if, give us faith so that we can say, even if, those things we fear, even though those difficulties may come, give us faith that knows that our joy is found in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.